Hello, everybody. Welcome to Around the World in 80 Cigars, the podcast. I'm Nick Hammond. And as ever, I am striving to keep you entertained in these strange times. Um, I've been thinking about doing a podcast and have been planning in the background to do a podcast for ages because I've got a ton of old audio stuff of uh, places I've been and people I've talked to from all around the world. And uh, my little black contacts book is pretty full of interesting folks these days. So I thought it was about time we did something. Then Corona came along. We we're all stuck at home. And I thought, sod the production values. Never mind that uh, at any moment my kids might come charging through the garden or um, the postman might knock and get me to sign for a delivery. We're going to crack on and get these out so you have something to listen to, something to keep you going. Uh, in that vein, I have one of my favourite people in all the world with us today. This chap, we've known each other for years now, and um, we've been all over the show, and we've been daft in many places. And he's a great guy, and he's a... Well, I'll let, you, I'll let him tell you what he gets up to, but today's guest is Scott Vines of Tour Imports. Morning, Scott. Good morning, Nick. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I feel very... Very honoured. <laughs> and you got your best shirt on, even though we can't see you. I, I even had a shave this morning for you, sir. Oh, bless you. Bless you. So how's I've, things? I've, you're, I've down in, um, you're down in deepest, darkest Devon at the minute, aren't you? Yes, I am. Um, we're based down in Devon. Uh, the name Tor uh, yeah. comes from Dartmoor, basically, which is um, anyone who's ever been there, when they walk up one of these uh, hills, they will see a rock formation at the top of granite and they are tours okay so that's where the name came from there you go and as we now know it happens also to be the name of my wife exactly <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah it's a beautiful down here today sun shining and uh, i am self-isolating in my little study at home and last time i chatted to you we managed to sit in the garden and I could hear the buzzards going overhead. It's uh, such a lovely part of the world. Definitely one of my favourites. Yeah, there's no danger, Nick, of me getting in uh, two metres of anyone down here. <laughs> um, it's, more, it's more likely to be two miles apart at the moment. Um, really? So it's really lovely to go out for an early morning walk because you know there's nobody about. Um, you see the lambs in the fields and you see the farmers still going about their work. And, um, yeah. It, it, it's it's uplifting, and I can't I can't imagine what it would be like in a city at the moment. Um, it must be must be crazy. Um, Quite scary, but, I thought. Yeah, so it gives me a chance to probably see a little bit more of this, the the little streets around the village and outside into the countryside because I can. I can walk to a place called Hator from my house if I've got enough time. Okay. Um, and it's, it's, it's just lovely. Um, so I feel very lucky. And you can tell from my accent, I'm a local. <laughs> yes, yes. You've obviously, yes. obviously born and bred in Devon, yeah. Absolutely. As the locals say, or you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell people, for those that don't know, a bit about what it is you do and how our paths are crossed. Gosh, um, well, tor, tor imports have been going since oof, 1992. Right. Um, they started off as a little family business with a, a couple called Mark and Sandra Acton. And uh, basically they started off really by supplying sort of dry Dutch cigars from a warehouse uh, in Dawlish huh. to retailers around the country. Um, so at that time, there was a bit of a boom in the 90s yeah. of the, the global handmade cigar brands such as Fuente, Padron, uh, Ashton, etc. Um, and Mark started to dabble his hands in that. Um, he retired in 2007 and the business transferred over to new owners. And then I got a kind of involved towards the, the end of the 2010s. Right. I took the business over in 2012. Did you? Right. So basically we, we, we had to kind of reinvent TOR. Um, 
because the market was changing, the consumers' needs were changing. Things like the cigar aficionado were bringing out ratings. Yeah, really interesting different cigars that just weren't available in the UK. Um, so I went on a mission and um, to to bring in what I considered to be the best. And we were very proud now that I think we we have eighteen of the 14 number one rated cigars in the world from the Cigar Aficionado. Not bad. So they started doing ratings. And we've, we've taken our time very carefully to pick who we work with. And we have a very careful supplier selection process. Um, you know, so our, our job at Tor really is we, we employ nine people. Uh, I'm very proud of that. Um, we we supply cigars, machine-made cigars and pipe tobacco and accessories to uh, retailers around the country. Yeah. Uh, and also hospitality. Um, and we, we yeah, we, our job as a distributor is really to add value above and below the line to the manufacturer and to the retailer through to the consumer. So we are the kind of middle guys to effectively become the, the, the trade marketing team for the manufacturer in the UK. Okay, um, so when you, when you first started, there was virtually no presence of New World cigars in the UK, or very little anyway? No, not, not really. I can remember, Nick. I mean, my background goes back, oh Jesus, I started in 1984. Uh, with Philip Morris selling Marlboro cigars out of the boot of my car in the east end of Glasgow. Yeah? yeah. Now, I'm not from Glasgow, so it was a bit of a culture shock. Yeah. This little boy from Arbroath in the east of Scotland, um, suddenly driving through some of the, you know, interesting streets and interesting, <laughs> meeting a lot of interesting characters in Glasgow. <laughs> yeah. Um, been told that you might be the number one cigar and uh, cigarette in the world, but they don't sell around here. Really, um, it it taught me a lot. Um, the training I got at Philip Morris was superb, but it also taught me a lot on how you can develop a business from like less than one percent market share in a defined area. Um, so it, yeah, I had to grow up pretty quickly. <laughs> my my, re my reputation was for helping the market share of Marlborough with the unemployed as my car got broken into roughly every six weeks. <laughs> well, and they'd help themselves. I'm afraid so. And when you've got a group of guys hanging around your car, you don't argue. No. So, and, and I can always remember them trying to give me a Marlborough decorated car. <laughs> and I was like, behave yourselves, boys. They said, no, lads, that's uh, not going to work. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work. So... I was very lucky, and they, they, they gave in, and uh, they, they didn't do that. But um, I've got some good stories from. Well, you were yeah, you know, back, back, looking back, yeah, and so, you were learning your chops, right? Yeah, basically, it taught me how to. Previous to that, I was a warehouse guy, basically. Right. But I had this. My parents used to say I had the gift of the gab, um, so I applied for sales jobs in the company I worked for, and they kept saying to me, no, no, you run a good warehouse, you're doing this, you're doing that. And they basically didn't want me to progress. And um, Philip Morris, bizarrely, gave me a chance. Um, and uh, I grabbed it. It was fantastic. And um, I've worked for them, survived mergers with Rothmans, and then survived mergers with British American Tobacco. Until a country manager with British American Tobacco. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the, the the next positions they were offering me didn't really suit me, and that's how I got involved in tour, really. Okay. That uh, I wanted to come back to the UK and um, enter at university and all this kind of stuff, and um, who knew before I knew it, I, I owned a business. But I always remember Nick going out into the trade for the first time, and Did I spent you know much about cigars at that stage? No, not really. I knew about tobacco. Right. And I knew about distribution. And I knew about manufacturing at um, production levels um, with cigarettes. And I knew about legislation and all that kind of stuff. So 
I knew I knew the the seven S's basically of how to run a business, but what I didn't know was when I walked into I can still remember my first visit around the retailers, walking in and they would talk about Cuban and non-Cuban. Yeah. Okay. So I'd say to them, so explain to me what the difference is, and and effectively in their head, they they had their humidor stocked for the Cubans. And tucked away on the bottom shelf would be some cheap cigars from, you know, bundled cigars from the Dominican or Honduras or whatever. So effectively, it was Cuban and cheap cigars. Right. Oh, I remember taking the train back down to Devon thinking, we've got to do something about that. So individually, the brands that we had at the time were weak and we didn't have a lot of presence in the market. So um, I set about and actually trademarked New World Cigars. So we own the trademark for that, or I own the trademark for New World Cigars. Really? So we, we, we decided if we, individually the brands weren't um, strong, but collectively under one banner, we wanted to start changing the language. So we, 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 we registered and bought the trademark in um, 2011 and set about changing the, 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 the expression of non-Cuban cigars to New yes. World Cigars. So the fact that we're talking about New World Cigars, Nick, and people out there now talk about it, shows that we've, we've got that message across. Yeah. Yeah? So the next stage was really to think about how we select our partners. I mean... People like Juan Martinez at Hoya de Nicaragua will tell you it took him three years for me to agree to work with him. <laughs> it wasn't because I didn't want to work with him. It's just that I didn't feel we were ready to work with people right. like that. So the first thing I really had to do was kind of rationalize and optimize our range. And we ended, we ended up basically walking away from some international brands where we were receiving no support, um, all they did was moan, and I thought, you know what, I don't need this. So we set about carefully selecting who we wanted to work with and brought on board people like, you know, people like Aliva supported us, Aliva Cigar Company. This was with Jose Aliva yeah. and Brian Shapiro. They supported and they understood what I was trying to do, so they hung on with us. And people like Jorge Padron, they stood, stood by us as well. But other people didn't quite see the vision, or maybe I didn't get the vision across, I don't know. But then we brought in people like Alec Bradley, yeah? And then we started to work with Hoya de Nicaragua. Then we started to work with Drew Estate. But we've, and, you know, people like uh, Lito and Tony at La Flor, uh, La Flor Dominicana. Yeah. So what we've done is we've, we've very carefully planned that we don't just badge collect I wanted to make sure that we could actually offer them value to their business and to their brands and be a true partner. But part of our selection criteria is I wanted to make sure that, you know, the majority of the people we own with are farmers. Yes. That way we're going to get a consistently high quality of cigar all the time. Yeah. The second criteria was really I wanted to make sure we partner with suppliers, partners who are giving something back to their local communities. You know, whether sure. it's education or healthcare support, yeah. whether they have a fair play, a gender policy, and they take their environmental responsibility seriously. In, in, in the world of tobacco, we can't talk about fair trade. But right. what I wanted to do was make sure I wasn't just rocking up with someone who's only interested in making a quick buck, yeah. selling the business and moving on. I wanted to work with people that understood um, their local communities and supported the local community. Absolutely. Looked after their staff. So we, 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 we've actually got a very careful um, selection process about who we work with. Um, there's slight exceptions to that because not everybody has got farms. Sure. We were able to track it through to see who they work with. Um, so Alec Bradley, Placentia, for example. Yeah. Who, who tick all the boxes and so on. But we're not really interested in the quick buck. 
because cigars are not the quick buck. It's ultimately the, the, the biggest difference I find between the cigarette world and cigar world is the nature and style of business. Yeah. You know, cigarettes... I mean, these people you know as well as I do, that yeah, it's, these people become friends, don't they? It's, cigarettes are commodity. It's currency. It's cash. Yes. It's fast-flowing. Boom, boom, boom. Whereas cigars, you know, it took me a little while to realise, but I did, that instead of fast-moving goods, they're slow-moving yes. goods by comparison to cigarettes. But most importantly... I'm dealing with families in the majority of the case. Exactly, yeah. So it's not uncommon to be sitting here at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock at night having a, a video chat with uh, you know, Juan Martinez of Hoya. Yeah. You know, you see the kids running around in the background and and it's lovely, you know. Um, I've met his wife, I've met his father and yada, yada, yada. Exactly. His brother Alejandro, his wife. And so on. It's it's you know co compared to my corporate world, it's it's a completely different world. It is, and it's very it's a very compelling world, isn't it? When you find that 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 side of things, you know, you're not just having a meeting with a guy in an office somewhere, as you say. Next thing you know, you're having Sunday lunch with them. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, and it, it's just so yeah. lovely to share something with someone that makes you want to you know give her the best of yourself sort of thing and then you know and, and one good thing one good uh, turn leads to another doesn't it and you begin to feel like you're part of something that's greater than you know greater good as absolutely. it were uh, uh, absolutely and it's not just on the the the, the cigar side. it's also a lot of the retail trade yeah you know become become friends you know, I mean, you've been on the trips with us, our tour tours that we call them. Yeah. Uh, to the, well, what have you done with me? Nicaragua, Mexico? Yes. Did you, and, but we've done one, two, three, four, five of them now. Yeah. In the last few years. And over that period, we've taken over 40 retailers to these countries and spent time in Alejandro Torrent's parents' garden having dinner. How wonderful was that? And sing it, singing songs to them. <laughs> <laughs> the, Brit, the Brits gave a good good account of themselves. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the videos to appear. I hope oh, Lord, 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 uh, but things like that, you just, you know, I could never have dreamt of doing that. Either. Cheer up Sleepy Jean, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, suspicious Minds, I think. Oh, <laughs> suspicious. Yeah, I remember you doing the Elvis arm whirl as well. I yeah. broke my hand off my chair. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not your average uh, business meeting, it has to be said. No, I, I think you had to be there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was wonderful. In fact, Alejandro's agreed to be on the podcast, so he's coming on, uh, coming on later date. Oh, fantastic! Absolutely, we'll send him my best, please. Because I mean, that that trip was just—it uh, was just amazing. Uh, <laughs> it was absolute carnage, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was funny. But I mean, that's the great thing. We've had such fun all over the place. We've got a million daft stories, but we share a similar silly sense of humour, and um, and yeah. we both love our cricket and uh, and I our know, sport. You're a big Leicester City fan. I am indeed. Um, if you, if you could see me, you'd see the signed shirt I've got behind me with the ah uh, uh, really the, the the Premier League scarf winners uh, draped over it, and oh my goodness me, happy yep. days they were. Mm -hmm. Halcyon days, believe me. Yeah, seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. But yeah, the, going back to the point, a lot of the people who've been on that trip are now friends. Yeah, uh, they're retailers and. You can have a sensible conversation with them about business, and we all kind of watch each other's back after each other, and it's a nice thing, you know. Exactly. There, are, there are people who don't understand that and try to get into the business. Oh, I'm going to be the biggest and the best, and da -da -da, think, well, hang on, cigars about community in a lot of the yeah, time, yeah. you know, and um. You know, things like the cigar events that we do, it's about bringing people together with a shared interest and taking away the stigma of, you know, the guy sitting at the pub on his own with a cigar or a pipe. And, um, you know, people 
waving their hands at them because they want them, you know, they're too close to them and this kind of thing. Yeah. Part of our mission the last three or four years is to be, you know, creating a lot of events to bring like-minded people together with a, with a common interest, which is the leaf of tobacco with a, you know, an age spirit. Or a yeah, and to tiger. do that, we're in a place where you're going to be welcomed as opposed to possibly, you know, feeling a bit self-conscious Absolutely. or whatever. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's so, so a lot of the businesses in the UK we would consider to be friends of Tor. Um, and, you know, at this moment in time, more than ever, because of the, the coronavirus, yeah, we've all got to look after each other as much as we possibly can because we need to get out the other end of it. Absolutely. Um, and then it's, uh, and then you've got the fellow distributors in Europe and, we've been running this program with guys there's a group of about seven or eight of us and we do a tour every year um sadly we're not going to do that this year because of what's going on um but every year we take it in turns to organize a trip a long weekend and i took uh, a group of eight guys to isla wonderful and we spent three days in isla touring Whiskey to sillies, smoking <laughs> cigars, eating good food. And the, sad, and, the, and the sad thing is, for some reason, I can only remember part of it. <laughs> uh, sounds wonderful. And we've and it's been wonderful. We've we've been to Belgium visiting, you know, uh, breweries. We've been to Slovakia tasting wine. If we would have thought you could do that, huh. and popped over to Hungary. We've been down to France, where we had a chalet. Oh my God, that was carnage! Um, <laughs> I have a picture of the fridge uh, with white wine, and I, and I think I gave up counting when I got to a hundred bottles. No, and that was just for the weekend. Um, it was just incredible. And my good friend in Switzerland, Raimondo, he he takes over the duty of chef. Does he? Uh, we all muck in to tidy up, clean up, and sing songs uh, it's it's just it's just amazing it's very good so there's, there's a lovely a, thing and it gives us a chance to talk as group and see which manufacturers have been supportive and which ones are not um, and so yeah. on and uh it's it's good fun so we'll miss that this year yeah um, yeah how about the uk as a market in general is it still relatively busy while people are still able to, to, to shop online and, and you, you know keeping people stocked at this moment in time um, we've got good stocks because there was a lot of uncertainty leading up to the brexit at the end of January right about what was going to happen we, we run a bonded warehouse so we were a bit concerned as to would there be immediate changes and whatever and it was you know, things were left very late by the government to give us guidance, so we just took the decision to build stock. Um, so our stock holding at the end of January was probably the highest we've ever had in the business. Um, and of course, with the virus really kicking in in March with the closure on the, the 23rd of a lot of stores, we still had good stocks, but then we... We've still been getting stock moving in from. Have you? So, like last week, we got a. We managed to. Do a state shipment arrived, La Aurora. Was it significantly delayed or not particularly? No, not really. We, we, and then a lever we had in, we managed to get um, what would have been our April shipment we brought forward into March. So, so yeah, I mean, we've. There may well be delays coming up. But I'm pretty confident that we've got good, um, and we always we don't just carry two week stock. We, you know, we have because of the nature of handmade cigars and the fact that we humidify everything. Uh, you've been in our humidor; it's like yeah, monster. You know, um, so we 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 we, tr we always try to make sure that uh, the stock and arrives. a shout out to Ian, of course. Oh, yeah, Ian will probably listen to this at some stage, a legend. Huh? He might, might, has he got a, a hamster-powered radio or something that he can <laughs> listen to? Oh, he's, he, I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll find a way to hear this. Bless no, him. Ian, Ian is a legend. And he's, he is. I, 
at this moment in time, he's working the warehouse on his own, and he's doing a fantastic job. Um, at this moment in time, if people phone in order, it's getting picked the same day, it's going out the same night, and it's Amazing. getting retailers the next day. Fantastic. Um, so the guys are working on a rotational system. Uh, so we've created enough space for them all to have about three to four meters. Uh, well, Ian's got the whole warehouse. My goodness, he's got the whole place to himself. Yeah. Uh, so there's no danger there. And then we're just making sure we've got people in the, the office, at least one person, all the time. Right. To answer the phone, answer emails, um, and just keep the business moving forward. Um, but it, it's an interesting... You know, we, we saw the closure, obviously, of hospitality. Um, and then we saw the closure of, of quite temporary closure, sorry, of some uh, bricks and mortar outlets. Yeah. Uh, on the 23rd. We then saw the, some reopening later that week when the government added off licenses to their right. uh, key worker list, which I thought was good fun. Um, so... Yeah, we're, we're, we're still trading, Nick. Um, we're, we're, we've created a few initiatives with the trade um, to try and get them through because a lot of their support will not come till the end of April. Um, no. Just, we don't get any of those benefits. Um, no. Because we're not a retailer and we're not hospitality. It's our business. Um, so we're just managing ourselves to to get through um i've made a commitment to the staff that they'll all get paid and that's so important to me well done and uh, we will bizarrely our communication process has improved dramatically since um interesting isn't it yeah video technology and it's it's incredible so every morning we have group sessions and discuss what's happening, who's doing what. I um, can see the white of their eyes. I can see that they're all first and foremost. Uh, I can make sure they've all got enough hand soap, they've got towels, they've got, you know, everything's working. Yeah. Um, and then we can talk about the priorities of the day. And uh, they're all kind of working on project work. So rather than just waiting for this to go away, we will plan and we'll come out of this. Yeah, in a good in a good place. I hope the yes. key is to, the key is well, a we don't know how long it's going to be, and secondly, to come out of it. Exactly, I think that's the crucial part to get through yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, now, yeah. how do you see the market in terms? Because I'm mean, imagining London is a entity into itself, and the rest of the world is, or rest of the country is, is a slightly different beast. But you know, ten years ago, yeah. you, I used to chat yeah. to you, and people, many people, especially in London, didn't really know anything about cigars that weren't Cuban and now that's changed significantly and there's lots of people trying different things. Is that how you find it? It's, it's changing. It's right. changing. And there's some retailers who are more progressive on that than others. Yeah. And I would say that the UK is two, two marketplaces. One, London is still Cuba centric. And, and I guess a lot of that could be driven by visitors. Yes, um, true. You know, and if you take the, the, the American influence when they come over to the UK, yeah, the first place they're going to hit is London. Yeah. Um, and, of course, they can't buy Cuban cigars. Well, okay. Legally. Legally buy Cuban cigars in America. Yeah. So the first thing they're going to do is aim for, you know, one of the key retailers in London to, to stock up. And, you know, and, and there's so much heritage with some of these stores. Yeah. It's like walking into museums, you know. Um, so, so I get that, and the the hospitality sector is still very Cuban dominated. Right. Um, you know, the, the 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 Cuban distributor Hundreds and Franco have done a fantastic job in that area. Yeah. Um, but slowly, slowly, we're 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 starting to get the trickle effect in. Um, London, I'm not saying it's changing dramatically. But it is changing slowly, and yeah, there's more, more hospitality, more uh, retailers who are opening up their eyes and realise that actually, you know, the quality coming out of Nicaragua, Dominican, Honduras, and even Mexico is 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 on par. You know, um, 
So there's a lot of good things happening. Outside of London would be where we are stronger. Um, for some reason, uh, and it could be because of the visitor influence, our, our share of business outside of London is significantly higher. Right. And, you know, and we've got stores where they are selling more New World cigars where they are selling Cubans now. Uh, not many, but it's starting to happen. Mm. Um, I mean, one of the things we, we, one of the things I'm keen to get the manufacturers to understand and our, our cigar makers to understand is the Cubans have got the, the history, the heritage, the, the, the tobacco, the unique taste of the tobacco and all that kind of thing. They've got all of that. You can, fantastic what we've got is we've got the cigar makers yeah exactly so the more i can encourage them to come to the uk visit you know um retailers meet consumers host events you know in 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 the last 12 18 months my goodness we've had people you know, we've had Stephen from AJ Fernandez. We had George from Alec Bradley. We had Marco from Balmoral. We've had Robert Caldwell. We've had yeah. Alejandro Turin. Um, Didier from his uh, DH Boutique. We've had Jonathan Drew. We've had Christina Roa. My goodness, we've had Juan Martinez from Hoya de Nicaragua. Yeah. We've had Tony Gomez. We've had Fred and the boys from Oliva. Um, it's quite a you know quite a good lineup. Yeah. So that's something we've got, and that gives the consumers in the UK, the smoking community, the chance to meet these people and ask them questions. And the thing you find, Nick, and I'm sure you, what I find, I'm sure you do as well. When you ask these guys a question, they answer it. Absolutely. And that and is the beauty. You can have them in front of you and say, how did you come up with this blend? Which is, with the best will yeah. in the world, not something you can ask uh, anyone in Cuba because, yeah. you know, it's not well, any one person in front of you. So, What's your views on um, aging tobacco versus aging the cigar? Yeah. Um, people like Jorge Padron, you know, he'll be, poof, age the tobacco. He's in control. Yeah. You know? Age the cigar, you're in the control of the guy himself to do that, you know. Um, but it's, 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 it's fascinating. But outside of London is our stronghold. Inside London, the world is changing slowly. And, um, and it'll come. But, you know, we're, we're like a fine wine. We'll, <laughs> we'll wait. We'll wait and we'll just keep doing what we're doing. And one by one, we'll, we'll get there. Um, but it's, it's, it's good fun. That's the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the, in the vein of, um, you know, social responsibility and stuff, we've had long chats. And in fact, we were lucky enough, both of us, to go to the, to the Belen School in uh, Esteli in Nicaragua, oh. that, uh -huh. and, uh, which have had a profound effect on me. We've sort of joined forces as well in that um, Tor Imports has kindly agreed to uh, to distribute around the world in 80 cigars the book <clears throat> in the UK and um, and we've sort of come up with a plan. I pledge 10% of any profit from the book back to uh, Fe e Alegria, which is the Faith and Happiness charity in Nicaragua, and um, and you've also pitched in with with giving back as a part of that as well. Um, I just. I can't wait to get over there and be able to hand him a check and, you know, be able to move again, really. No, I, I, absolutely, Nick. We, I'd love to do more. Um, sadly, in the UK, we have very bizarre regulations around um, uh, how we promote tobacco. Yeah. And to put out, the, you know, every cigar, so much goes to charity, etc., sadly that's perceived by the powers to be as inducing people to smoke more is it mm -hmm. so <coughs> so it's a very difficult one so we can do that with uh you know likes of your book because yeah. it's clean because it's not a tobacco product yeah um, so we do work within the guidelines but we're working on ways uh
out to Nicaragua so with the check, it'll be it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. Um, we're, we've got a few cunning plans on uh, how we can increase our contribution towards because the it's just overwhelming, isn't it? You see these yeah. kids and you know they're just so happy, or they appear to be. Yeah, no, they're gorgeous, weren't they? And, and we, I've got some audio of it somewhere. And once I have um, the time and the ability, or can at least get somebody to help yeah. me with it, um, we'll, I'll, I'll just put some up on the podcast. And you know, there's uh, the, I've got a recording of them singing to us and stuff. Oh my! And uh, and and we just had a look around this little school, which was basic, very basic, <clears throat> and then. Um, you know, wouldn't have passed muster for a English primary school. Well, you remember the uh, sewing room? Yeah. Sewing is very dear to my wife's heart. Oh, yeah, of course. So one, one of our missions is to change that sewing room into modern um, equipment. What a lovely idea. And um, the, the thing that got me was, if you remember, before the kids can pass out, they have to make their own uniform. Yeah. Could you imagine that happening <laughs> in this country? <laughs> you know, you, you have guys going to school with like a leg missing off their trousers or yeah. uh, <laughs> an arm missing or no collar. Or, and they, they were immaculate, weren't they? Absolutely. So to, before they can pass out, they have to make their own pinafore, they have to make their own uh, uh, trousers, whatever. And... What it was and boys. What a great thing to be taught, you know. So, oh, that's a real life skill, isn't it? Especially when you can't afford to buy clothes. Absolutely. So, yes, yeah, so that's one. That's one of my. Um, that's one of my bucket lists is to one day be able to say, "That's the that's the sewing room." Yeah. That'd uh, be amazing. Yeah. What, what uh, a great uh, idea that is. Uh, is that uh, your uh, idea, or Annie's? Just combination. Just talking about it and showing right. the pictures and. Just talking it through, um, yeah, it's something we have to do. And, yeah, um, definitely. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. Um, and we were planning before this all kicked off that we might try and get there this spring and um, in yeah. give them a sort of an early check and get out there to the school and and, and, yeah. and in conjunction with going out and doing a few other bits and bobs. But obviously that's been shot down. But we'll we'll get there as soon as we can. Yeah. So the the, the moral of the story: get anybody listening that hasn't read Nick's book, buy it please yep if not for me <clears throat> for the uh for the Faye Allegria charity Absolutely. um and yeah, uh, yeah you, you you know our margin on this and we're giving a pound for every book we sell yeah and um, which is amazing basically we're doing distribution really to help you and to help the school we're not doing yeah there's no, it's not a money-making exercise for Tor. No. It, um, yeah, I, I just want to sell as many books. So if people don't have it on the bookshelf, please buy it. Yeah, Absolutely. All the good uh, all the good cigar merchants are carrying it. So you can pop it in your order with uh, with your cigars. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah. Yeah, let's keep it going. You know, things like that don't come easily from very start to the very finish from the people that are delivering them, like, Scott yeah. making an effort to do so, um, you know, to me to writing it. So it'd be great to, to keep pushing yeah. it, getting it out there. What, what does the future hold? Did you have any sort of trips in the planning before all this kicked off? Well, the next tour? Yeah. Uh, well, we, 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 had, we had a window of opportunity to go in April. <laughs> right. Uh, that came in January, um, but that wasn't enough time. No. Um, so I guess at the moment they come in conversations with a few of the cigar makers. Um, and, um, yeah, we, it's, it's, it's in my thoughts, but I don't know. The way things are going, it's probably going to have to probably fall into next year, I think. Yes, I think um, so, yeah. Just, just don't know where this is going to go this year. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I need to go back to Nicaragua. Um, I miss it. Um, we were there April 2018, so it's two years since I've been there. Um, yeah. And that was because 2019, obviously, they had the... the Civil unrest the and warning stuff. around uh, travel. Yeah. Um, 
and then of course this year we've got the virus so it's not for the it's not for the sake of not wanting to go it's just the sake of not being able to go um amazing so place i've never <clears throat> woken up anywhere and opened the hotel curtains and there's a bloody volcano in the background <laughs> smoldering away <laughs> yeah you get your own personal volcano everywhere yeah. you look don't you yeah. oh it's amazing but what um, about when we stood on the on the lip yeah, of that volcano and you could see the lava down below oh yeah 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 the messiah um, yeah yeah that was just incredible and um did that you were lucky because you could see into the crater <laughs> but the following year it was foggy oh really so the guys we took them up there and of course it was a bit foggy and you couldn't really see the crater oh what a shame well, i mean you'd literally see this river of lava couldn't you yeah so i did a very naughty thing and uh what i did was i got everybody back on the bus one two three four <laughs> and then i ran back to the volcano and uh looked back on my own went back on the bus and went look it cleared <laughs> oh, <laughs> and of course uh yeah it didn't but um yeah i've been very fortunate to do that and uh and then sailing through lake nicaragua how cool is that yeah that's a lovely trip that it's is yeah. feeding the monkeys and and those little islands with folks coming, kids coming back from school by boat, and oh man, <laughs> the kids in their boats rowing, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, very no. just extraordinary. And parrots in the trees and monkeys, didn't we? Yep, yep, yep. I met a lady at one of the events we did um, last year, who actually owns a very small hotel on one of the islands. Oh yes. So I must admit, on my um, next trip, I might extend the trip by a couple of days and. Uh, See if she'll accommodate me. <clears throat> yes, I know that that lady. Yeah, is it Carol? Yeah. Pun? Is it Carol? It could be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it could be. The name escapes me, but I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Added yeah. To, yeah that looks a yeah. beautiful place. Yeah. So I can just see a couple of days sitting on a little island, just um, nowhere oh. to go. Oh, mate! And just watch the monkeys come and uh, steal your dinner. Um, yeah. But well, just sitting a sit in a hammock with a cigar is about as good as it gets, and. That was my plan in Mexico that never quite came to pass because they were in the middle of a bloody hurricane. But that's a story for another time. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. That oh. was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, the Mexican trip was amazing. And then we, we, we've taken the guys to the Dominican where we were hosted by La Flor Dominicana. And yeah, I've not done that with you yet. Uh, I'd, I'd like to get out there. That was very, very special. Um, we got just, yeah, we stayed at um, uh, Camp David. Yeah, up in the hills. Beautiful, and it's a, it's a great location. Uh, the, only, the only criticism is it closes. Uh, uh, it doesn't cl it doesn't close um, late enough. Oh really? But fortunately, um, we'd stocked up on our own supplies and um, <laughs> we carried on basically. <laughs> and, uh, I'd imagine that could have been a riot on their hands to <laughs> deprive a group of retailers of their oh, booze. Geez. But yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, Tony, Tony, and Tony and the guys at uh, La Aurora uh, just looked after us incredibly well. Um, but that was a good trip. That was a really, really good trip. Um, they're all good. I, lo I love them all. I mean, I love going on the Drew Estate Farm. Yeah. Um, just sitting around, go for a swim, a dip in the water. If, if you're you toes in that pool where you're smoking a Lancero or something. Absolutely. Yeah, you. <laughs> Swim well, you smoke well, you swim. Yeah, um, yeah you get to, yeah. Uh, the bring we the even get to do fight. the Highland Fling with a kilt on, don't you? <laughs> oh, that was funny. That was so funny. I'm so glad you posted that on Instagram. That was so, funny. <laughs> so funny. But every trip I've done, it's always been somebody's birthday, bizarrely. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, really bizarre. Um, but I think yours was the most unique. <laughs> Why, yeah. thank you. Pleasure. But <laughs> um, well, that, that's just amazing with Big Jesse in the, the the subculture studio. Oh yeah, he was sitting there, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, people getting to get their own stuff personalised and uh, little Henry looking after us, like um <laughs> his smile on his face all the time. Yeah, with his iPod. And and the thing is, you know, when you walk into the Drew Estate rolling room 
it's hard to explain, isn't it? Oh, it's uh, breathtaking. I, I, I remember the first time I went in, and I think I just used the same expression over and over, which I won't repeat. <laughs> um, but it was just like, wow. So the second time I went, I made a point of staying back. Yeah. Or sorry, going forward so that I could look back and see everybody coming in and see all their reactions. <laughs> And it's just a jaw-dropping moment of seeing. It's quite extraordinary. The noise as well. There's music and there's people talking and walking about. And it's like a sort of size of a massive supermarket with no aisles, just desks of people working away. Just extraordinary. 800 people working in that room. It's incredible. You you see pictures of rolling rooms and all the rest of it. Yeah. But that just blows your mind. And then you've got the private rooms at the side for the Liga Provada. That's right, yeah, yeah. Separate areas for Acid and La, uh, La, La Routon. And, um, yeah. You know, it's... It just, and the, the thing that got me more than anything, I think I saw two machines in the whole place and they were forklifts. <laughs> yeah. Everything else is done by hand. Um Incredible. And while we're on a riff about factories, we've got to mention a wonderful factory at Hoya that uh, holds a very yeah. special place in my heart. Yeah. And that's something, I don't know what it is about that place. It's a bit like going into a cathedral or something. I find it <laughs> amazingly yeah. spiritual, you know? Oh, it's about the people. Yeah. It's about the people, Nick. Um, I mean, <coughs> you, you know, we... we, we we were in danger in 2017 of losing our Sheraton. Uh, yes. But it was owned by British American Tobacco under the Dunhill banner. Yeah. But it was our most popular cigar. And as far as I'm aware, according to the surveys that the retailers do, it's the most popular Nicaraguan cigar in the UK. Right. So when, when Dunhill decided they were going to pull out the cigars and pipe tobacco, that was going to create a great big bloody hole in our... Um, business overnight so fortunately they were sensible and I managed to buy the the, the brand from them but then I, I looked around where they were making it and all the rest of it and um, that's where I came to I approached uh, Juan Martinez at Hoya de Nicaragua to say right okay would you make the cigar for us and I'd hardly got the words out of my mouth and he'd said yes really it was amazing so it was fantastic because on my last trip there, um, we went outside to do a blending seminar. and um, Oh, I know, yeah. That little bit outside, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Mario, Super Mario, mm-hmm. uh, pulled me to one side and said, hey, come with me. And what happened was they'd been to collect all the materials from the company that made the Sheraton before. Oh, yeah. So they just arrived as I was there. Oh, really? So I was able to open up the back of this lorry and see all my boxes and all my tubes. And, Amazing. Oh, and I was like, wow. Yeah, so he took me up to the storeroom to show me where it's all going to be stocked. And, um, and it's amazing. And the, the great thing is we kept it very quietly. I, I gave one the blend, um, the B8. Okay. Uh, we got the cigars made, we got them aged, and we bought enough cigars from uh, from DAT Dunhill to last us a while to get us through this project. Right. And um, we then switched over to the Hoya Sheraton, and we didn't tell anyone for no. nine months. No. And then we went public, because I knew if I'd have said anything, Ah, it doesn't taste the same. <laughs> yeah, you have not so, one, not not one saying has it changed. So, but one was the natural guy to go to because yeah, I just I don't know. He's um, he's such a clever, clever man, yeah, yeah. a wise man. He listens. He thinks about things, and and I like the fact it's a yes or a no. Yeah, and you know, he starts from a position of where you know of trying to say yes, doesn't he? Rather than correct saying no straight away. Absolutely. He will look for the way it can be done. Yeah. Rather than the way it can't be done. And um, so I'm very proud of the fact that Hoya make our cigar. 
um, it's, it's fantastic. And uh, they're a good company, nice people. The father, um, Dr. Cuenca. Yeah. Uh, they're just lovely, lovely, lovely people. And I agree with you, Nick, when you walk through the door, it's almost like going home. It's it my Nicaraguan home. Yeah? yeah. 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 Very special place. If you ever get the chance to get out there, you can't go to Nicaragua or certainly can't go to Esteli without going to uh, have a quick look around the Hoya factory. It's history. You can just feel it in the walls. Well, absolutely. And I do remember back in, oh, geez, a few years ago, Stephen Fry, when he was doing his... That's um, right, yeah. He did an ITV series in Central America. Yeah. And he actually, about 10 minutes of one of his episodes, he was actually in the Hoya factory with Dr. Cuenca. And he was getting the explanation of the bullet, you know, they've, they've left the bullet holes in the wall. <laughs> they've left the holes in the ground from yeah. the shells. Yeah. They've left it all to remind everyone that we've been through, you know, revolution and resolution, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you're right. I hold these guys in very, very high esteem, very high esteem. So, yeah, me too. Yeah. In fact, I think uh, Juan's coming on a future podcast as well. So, uh, oh, wow. Excellent. So that'll Excellent. be worth listening out Listen, I know you're only in Devon, but I know you've got a business to run, so I'll let you get away. <clears throat> it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Scotty. Likewise, Nick. And I look forward to the day when we can get back together, my friend, and have a pint and a cigar. I know, preferably a cricket match, sir. Oh, God. Yeah. I do miss it. I'm really missing it. Now, that it should all be kicking off and anticipation for the summer, and we've got nothing. I know, I know. Yeah, I think the summer's going to be wiped out, isn't it? Um, it looks I'm, like it. Sadly. But there's always next year, Nick. And uh, yeah, We will rise again. Year. Absolutely. <laughs> Take care of yourself. And you. Thank you very much. Nice to Take talk care. to you. Bye, you. mate. Bye. Well, that was the lovely Scott Fines of Tour Imports. I hope you enjoyed our chat about the industry, uh, cigar industry in the UK and beyond. As ever, this is Around the World in 80 Cigars, the podcast. You can get more of the same if you buy Around the World in 80 Cigars, the book, maybe a bit more poetically. It's by me, Nick Hammond. It's published by Red Door Publishing, and you can get your copy sent to you wherever you are in the world by logging on to www.nick-hammond.com. It's also available in all good bookshops. Um, my good pal Scotty, as we said, is distributing distributing it to uh, retailers around the country. So if you want to support your local brick and mortar, get them to send it to you and Scotty will provide. I hope you enjoyed that. There'll be more to come. I'm trying to keep you busy. It's keeping me busy and out of the wife and kids hair. Um, like the pod, subscribe, tell your friends, pop it on your social media. Let's keep chatting. Stay safe, guys. Until the next one. See you soon.